Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, May 24th, 2021. Sometimes when we read through the Bible, we come across things that are a little bit hard to connect with. We come across things or cultural references that feel like they are from a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. For instance, we've talked recently about uh, just some different issues relating to meat sacrificed to idols and how that was a big point of dissension within the church. Well, I've been going to church my whole life, a pastor's kid and a pastor, so I know a lot about church drama. I've never seen people debating about meat sacrificed to idols. That's a very different cultural thing. And so sometimes we look at the Things like that in the Bible, and we say, man, that feels a bit far away and distant. But of course, even as we study into what was going on, we find it's still applicable to today. But other times you come across something that you just feel like, wow, that sounds like today. That sounds like exactly what we're dealing with. And that's the impression that I got as we read the story today of the rich young ruler. And we find this in Mark 10, 17 through 34. Mark 10, 17 through 34. And here, this is a pretty famous story where this rich young man comes up to Jesus and uh, starts this conversation. And let's look at it where he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And so there we see something that I do think is pretty common for us to see even now today. Right? We, we come across, we try to evangelize people here in the United States of America, and a lot of people, one of the biggest stumbling blocks they have to accepting the gospel is first, they would have to accept that they are sinners who need a savior. And so many people basically have the attitude of this rich young man who thinks, you know what? I'm pretty good. I've kept the commandments. And then Jesus goes on and says, Verse 21, and Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And then we see kind of the sad ending we know is coming in this story as it says, disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Right. And there, I think we see a couple of the biggest stumbling blocks that we're going to see in evangelism right here in the United States of America, that many people that they're going to struggle to give up this idea that they are good enough. And that's going to be a big stumbling block. And then people are going to struggle to give up control of their lives. And I don't think Jesus's direction to this one man is necessarily the, the 
what we should say to everyone as we evangelize, sell all that you have. But I think the point Jesus is making is really one of control. That, hey, you want to follow me? I'm the boss. And are you willing to give up everything to follow me? And clearly for this man, the answer is no. And so just as we think about those things, that just strikes me as, wow, that feels like doing ministry in America in the 21st century. Dealing with people in this world that think they're good enough and don't want to give up control of their lives to follow Christ. And so as I was reading that, I was struck, man, it sounds like Jesus is talking to a rich young American. It sounds like he's talking to somebody that I would talk to in a church setting or out in the community or in my neighborhood. People that think I'm good enough and people that struggle to give up control to really have Jesus be the Lord. And that's why Jesus says in verse 23, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And I think just about most people in the United States of America fit that description, especially when you consider it globally or you consider it against the backdrop of history. We live in one of the most prosperous societies uh, that ever was. And we think, oh, yeah, there's lots of Christians. Well, Jesus is saying we're actually living in an environment where it is very difficult for someone to get saved. And uh, I think that goes because people think that they are good and people uh, struggle to give up control. And, And so the disciples, they're amazed and Jesus kind of doubles down. He says, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? And that's probably a question we need to ask more. Often we probably take salvation too much for granted. We probably think of salvation as easier uh, than it is. Where Jesus is saying it is difficult, it is impossible. If we understood more of the obstacles of sin and that, that surround us, we would say, who can be saved? And this is where it's encouraging here when Jesus says, with man, it is impossible, but not with God for all things are possible with God. And obviously that is a wonderful statement that does apply in a broad array of situations, but specifically notice the context here when Jesus says this, that all things are possible with God. He is talking about people getting saved. And so I think some of us, we need to realize that we're actually in for more of a challenge than we realize when we come to sharing the gospel. If we think, oh, we kind of live in a, you know, conservative, more conservative in some parts of the world and, you know, kind of well put together. We have morals, uh, wealthy area, you know, we'll we'll be able to bring some people to, to Christ here. We need to realize, no, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. But as we realize that the challenge in front of us is maybe bigger than we realize, we should also be encouraged just that the God who is working through us is also greater than we can imagine. And so be encouraged to share the gospel and realize some of the obstacles are people are going to struggle to admit that they have broken God's commandments and people are going to struggle to give up control of their lives. But don't be discouraged. Don't think it's impossible. It is impossible for man, but with God, all things are possible. 
And we see the encouragement even of the disciples, people that did follow Christ and how they were rewarded. And maybe that's where some of you need to be challenged. Have you realized that you are a sinner who needs a savior? And have you willingly given up control to uh, Jesus Christ? Or are you giving up everything to follow him? And just know what he says here. Um, it is not going to be something that you regret doing. He, he says, you know, you're going to receive all of these things in this time, even that it is not something you're going to regret even in the here and now and in the age to come eternal life. It is worth it to admit our sin and to give up control and to follow Jesus. Now, as we read from the Bible and we come across some things that seem, oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm going through. Or we come across some things that seem, whoa, that seems kind of distant and far away. No matter what, we we should be seeing connections that should cause us to apply, should warn us and should encourage us. And that's what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 13. And the end here is a very famous verse that no temptation has overtaken you, that is not common to man, and God is faithful, and he's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but he is going to provide the way of escape, right? A very encouraging verse, and it should be encouraging, but many people, we often miss that this comes in the context of some very serious warnings, right? We start at the beginning, and he's basically warning them, hey, I don't want you to be disqualified, And he's saying, hey, the people of Israel, they had every spiritual advantage they could possibly have, yet many of them didn't do the right thing and ended up really meeting the destruction and the wrath of God. And he says in verse six, now these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. And he goes on to describe the idolatry that some of them did. And he talks about the sexual immorality that they partook in. And it, as a consequence to that sexual immorality, 23,000 people died in a single day. And they don't want to put Christ to the test. And it talks about the serpents or grumble. And some were destroyed by the destroyer, right? These are serious warnings. He's saying, look at what happened. And as we read the Old Testament, as we read the Bible, we should be learning the lessons that God wants us to learn. And some of them are very serious. Uh, Again, great warnings. When you're tempted to give into lust this week, you should think, whoa, 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 whoa. what happened in the the wilderness when they gave into lust? 23,000 people died in one day. Yeah, I don't want to give into that. You should think next, next time you're tempted to complain about something at work or complain about something at church. Just remember, hey, yeah, when some of them grumbled, they were destroyed by this destroying angel. Uh, And so as you think about all of these things, it should make sin seem more serious to us. And again, that's kind of like what we saw there with evangelism. Sometimes we don't uh, see the challenge as as big as we realize. And uh, we then we also lose out that then the comfort is bigger than we realize. I think the same thing is true here. Often we skip the warning part to go straight to the comforting part. But I think if we really get the warning part and we really understand how serious sin is and what a big deal temptation is, uh, that would actually make us even more reliant and more thankful for this comforting promise about God being faithful, providing a way of escape and helping us in temptation. Uh, Another thing, even just as we think about 
living in a prosperous place in the United States of America. Let's go to Psalm 65. Psalm 65, yesterday we talked about how God deserves our praise. And it talks a little bit about why today. And in verse five, it says, by awesome deeds, you answer us with righteousness. O God of our salvation, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas. And then when he goes on, okay, what are these awesome deeds he's talking about? It actually goes a lot into nature and what God has done through nature. Uh, and it even gets into things that for us, when we're used to just going to, to Costco or to Fred Meyer or Walmart to get the things that we need, and we're, there's just always plenty to choose from, uh, right? We're kind of not used to as much kind of the agrarian society that depended on the rain and the weather and all of these different things. And He's saying those things year by year are awesome deeds of God. In verse 11, he says, you crown the year with your bounty. Your wagon tracks overflow with abundance. And it even talks about how the earth is, is watered and all the different things. And so that's where maybe as rich young Americans or however we might fit into that or a rich old American, whatever it may be, let this be a reminder to us to not take some of the prosperity that we do enjoy for granted but to see it as an awesome deed of a holy God. And that the things we get to enjoy in this world are really the fruit of God's generous and incredible provision. Let's see that in Psalm 65. Well, let's wrap up 1 Samuel today. And in chapter 29, we see David kind of get kicked out of the Philistine army. And let's all say, I, I think that's a good thing. And I think a lot of what we've seen here from David is um, there are some moments as he's on the run from Saul that he shows an incredible example of faith, but there are some things that he does that I don't think are the best. And joining up with the Philistines, I would argue, was one of those things. But I think we see here what is really going on is God is protecting him. God is keeping him from getting to a place that he should not be in this midst of this battle. And just as we think about that, we need to be careful. That should never, ever be an excuse for us to sin. Did you hear that? Don't take any of that when you're battling temptation and say, well, it's not that big of a deal. No, remember 1 Corinthians 10? They were destroyed by the destroyer. 23,000 fell in one day. No, it's a big deal. But as we think about the fact that we do stumble, we, we do sin, well, maybe more after the fact, we should be encouraged that God, even in the midst of our failings, can protect us, can keep us, can preserve us uh, from, from danger and from places that we shouldn't be. But then we see uh, David's wives captured and, and kind of all of his band of uh, soldiers, kind of his small little militia, right? The, the place where they were living gets attacked, but we see kind of an example of strength in the midst of a trial here from David. But then we see the tragic end of King Saul in chapter 31. As he dies, the kingdom is now officially taken away from him, just like God said. So even again, may that be one warning for us, like we saw in 1 Corinthians 10, that we should not follow his example and do things our way or make excuses for our sin. Uh, let us look to God for help in times of temptation. And as we think about our culture, may we be bold to share the gospel and confident that even though with man it is impossible, God is going to work among us to bring people to salvation. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. 
To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.